Peter chapter 4, verses 7 to 11. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power for ever and ever. Amen. Let us pray. Father, our desire is that your name will be praised and glorified. Uh, we know that that's the purpose for which we are made. So as we come to your word, we pray that you will help us to see how we might do that uh, better amongst ourselves so that you do receive the honour and the glory that is your due. Father, please teach us now, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Night vision goggles represent the height of optic versatility. A night vision goggle can be head mounted, it can be used as a monocular and it can also be attached to a ballistic helmet. Night Vision Australia offers a range starting from entry level Gen 1 night vision to military grade Gen 3 night optics. Whether you are hunting, exploring, need added security or just want to explore the night, a pair of night vision goggles is what you need. Get your night vision goggles now. You may not have seen that ad, but I think it was inspired by Peter. In our darkness... Our vision is often restricted and we can become fearful and stumble and fall. So Peter is encouraging Christians to put on the equivalent of night vision goggles. Even though they are surrounded by the darkness of a hostile culture, by reminding each other of the gospel, by reminding them of what will happen on the judgment day, they are able to be clear-minded about the end. And that will help them to pray and to live in a much more informed way. Once again, Peter suggests to keep our focus on the future and on the cross. Not only to cope with opposition, but also to shape our behaviour within the church. Our overall aim in our relationships Our relationships in the world and in the church is that God be glorified. The old Westminster Catechism's first question is this, what is the chief end of man? And the response is, the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Some more recent uh, authors have put it this way, the chief end of man is to glorify God by enjoying him forever. We need each other's support. We need each other's support in a church family to encourage one another 
to live lives that glorify God, to live lives, as we saw last week, that revere Christ as Lord. Christians on their own may stumble and fall. The pressure can become too great. We need each other. Peter mentions three key elements for living in the light of the end. Loving, praying and serving. Each of these gives us a glimpse of what grace is like. And there is no surprise that he begins with praying. You see there in verse 7, Be alert and sober-minded so that you may pray. Peter again remembers Gethsemane, where he failed to be alert and of sober mind, where he failed to watch and pray. But undoubtedly he also remembers that despite his failure and his continued failures, he is a recipient of grace. He reminds himself and us that prayer is yet another gift of grace. Prayer reminds us of God and ourselves and our rightful place in God's economy. Prayer is surrender. Surrender to the reality that God alone is God. He is the Lord of all. Prayer is surrender to the reality that life isn't just about me. Prayer is surrender to the reality that there is a greater wisdom than mine. There is a greater wisdom than ours. There is a greater wisdom than all the world possesses. Prayer is surrender of our right to live as we choose. Prayer is surrender of our hopes to God's grace. Prayer is an act of worship an act of submission and an act of admission. Peter's readers need a prayerful dependence upon God if they are to survive in this dark world. They need a prayerful dependence upon God as they recognise the difficulties that will arise in loving each other in the church family. They need a prayerful dependence upon God, especially with those who stumble and fall. They need a prayerful dependence upon God as they struggle not to grumble about the inconveniences of church life in their day. And they need dependence upon God, prayerful dependence upon God, as they seek to serve each other with God's word and in God's strength amidst their frailty. Things haven't changed, have they? We need to be prayerful. We need to have that dependence on God so that we can live, love and serve each other well. Peter is aware of Jesus' teaching that no one knows when he will return. So the the words, the end of all things is near, is to impress upon us, impress upon them, a sense of urgency so that they make prayer a priority. Furthermore, if we are to live our lives patterned on and shaped by the life of Jesus, prayer should be a priority. 
I admit to you this morning that prayer doesn't have the priority in my life that it should or could have. Like every aspect in the Christian life, we need each other's help to pray. So will you please help me to pray and help each other to pray? Yes, like the disciples, we need to ask Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray. But we need each other's assistance as well to grow in prayerfulness, to grow in dependence upon God, who we declare is truly the Lord, the sovereign, in control of all things, all-powerful, all-wise, all-knowing, and love itself. We need help to pray. We acknowledge that God is Lord and King. But do we pray? Again, this highlights, for me at least, our need for daily repentance. Our need to daily return to God and say, Lord, teach me to pray so that I might live well and love well for you. Whoever our next minister is, he should encourage us by word and example to make prayer a priority. But it's not his job alone. It's our job. We also need to encourage him and each other to make prayer a priority. And so I'd like to pray for us now. Loving Lord, fount of every blessing, please challenge us as individuals and as your precious church here at Abbotsford to demonstrate our reliance upon you. Father, please help us to depend upon you. Help us to do that by by enabling us to turn from our self-confidence, to turn from our busyness, to turn from our foolishness to you each day. Gracious Lord, please teach us today and every day to learn better how to pray. Father, we long for your name to be glorified. Please help us to fall more deeply in love with you. Amen. Prayer is a key element of living. Peter then turns to loving. To loving with Christ's agape love. Uh, To love with his unconditional love. To, To give love even though it's not deserved or earned. Above all things, in verse 8, above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. In the face of difficulties and persecution, it would be easy for love for one another to grow cold as our focus becomes on ourselves, my needs, my pains. As trials come, some may fall away while others remain faithful. And this can lead to to judging rather than loving. 
And Peter here wants to encourage and stimulate love within the church family. And as we've seen before, Peter wants us to love one another deeply. They were his words back in chapter 1 as well. Love one another deeply. To love at full stretch. Remember we talked about loving at full stretch. Loving beyond where we have loved before. Uh, in other words, trying to, to outperform ourselves at loving. Aiming for a personal best in loving. This is to be a generous love. A gracious gift. Not something given begrudgingly. Not reluctantly. Not out of a sense of compulsion. This is to be extravagant love. Like the love that you have received from Jesus himself. They had tasted for themselves this love. They had tasted and seen that the Lord is good. We have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. And now they and we are to offer further tastes of love and grace to each other. Peter has two things in mind here. Forgiveness and hospitality. Our loving attitude should be prepared to forgive and overlook failings and faults. Love covers over a multitude of sin. We have been given abundant grace, and so we are to display abundant grace. Even if some in their church slip back into old pagan ways, they are to love at full stretch by offering forgiveness by encouraging them to live more consistent lives, to follow that pattern of Jesus' life more closely. Rather than judging such brothers and sisters for their moral weakness, they should love and point them to the one who judges justly, just as Jesus did on the cross. We should be much quicker to love than to judge love is also to be shown in the exercise of hospitality remember at that time there there were no temples no, no places of worship for these new Christians they would meet most certainly in each other's homes such hospitality could not just be limited to to your friends but would need to include welcome to all who might wish to gather and to all who God was gathering in. Again, they are to have their hospitality stretch to be sufficient to welcome all. Again, not begrudgingly, not reluctantly or under any sense of compulsion. The extravagant welcome they have received from God in Jesus is to be modelled to each other in their welcome. Imagine if everyone here was going to night church tonight and we didn't have a place to meet and they were coming to your place and they were meeting your friends for hospitality and worship. 
Could you stretch that far to welcome them? To greet them with open arms? We are to offer a taste of God's extra mild generosity to all who gather here. To all God gathers. We have people who welcome us at the door every Sunday morning and what a great job this morning. But in truth, we should all regard ourselves as rostered on welcomers each time we come here, welcoming old and new alike with a gracious spirit, remembering what Jesus said, that by your love they will know that you are my disciples. By your love they will know that you are my disciples. As Christ was at full stretch dying for sinners on the cross out of love, so we believers are to follow the example in being at full stretch in loving one another. Prayer, love, now he turns to service. They are to open their homes so that the church can gather. They are to open their hearts to forgive and to welcome. They are to open their hands and graciously share what they have graciously been given. We see there in verse 10, each of you should use whatever gifts, whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. They are not to hold the gifts that they have received to themselves. They are to be open-handed. The gifts that they have been given have been given to give. They have received freely and freely they are to serve each other. The aim of the faithful steward is to give other members of the gathering a taste of God's grace and goodness. I want you to try and picture their context. Believers would gather together with many of them facing varying pressures. Some would be having a tough time at work or in the family. Some would be suffering for their faith. Some are finding it difficult to stand up to the peer pressure that we heard about last week. Some are finding life as a Christian just tough. And they feel they're being ground down, down, down. Some are on the verge of giving up. There is a great need amongst them. But there is greater grace. Having received a taste of God's grace, they are to share that. So that the weak can be strengthened, so that the body can be healed, so that the body can grow. Earlier in Peter's letters, we've seen him allude a few times to the Exodus, comparing their journey with the Israelites' journey in the wilderness. He wants us to remember about God's daily provision. There was sufficient grace each day there was sufficient manna each day for us there is sufficient grace for us to stand for us to stand 
with each other amid our struggles, with our various struggles. In the same way God has gifted each of us so that by his grace we may continue to taste and see that the Lord is good. He wants to sustain us. He gives us each as a gift to each other so that our faith can be sustained. And we get that sustenance by sharing our gifts and the word of God. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks with the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides. If we fail to serve, or if we do so just out of personal gratification, or or, or if we serve in our own strength, God's people are not going to get a true taste of his goodness. Yet if we are prepared to engage in the hard work of serving, we will know grace on a daily basis. We need to complete the circle. Peter starts with prayer, with us acknowledging our dependence upon God for our words and our acts of service to convey grace then we will certainly need to depend on God to supply strength, to supply wisdom, to supply love so that we might serve each other well. And the aim is that God's name would be glorified. No wonder this passage ends with a doxology. Peter's vision is of the Christians under pressure coming together in order to delight in God's grace and goodness. The focus is not on their problems and their trials, but their eyes are lifted to him, to God himself. And as they do, God is glorified in their midst. Is this our vision for Abbotsford Presbyterian Church? Is this our vision? That as a praying, as a loving, as a serving community, in all things that God might be praised through Jesus. What a vision. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for the abundant grace that we have received in the Lord Jesus. We thank you for the many gifts that we receive each day. We thank you for the precious gift of each other here in this church. Father, please, please teach us to depend upon you. Please teach us to love as you have loved. And and please, Father, 
may we grow in our service of one another so that you might be glorified so that people might be drawn to this place because you are gathering your church you are growing your people to your glory to your honour and to your praise Amen